0: We think we're going to be those fat people in Wally who are just like entertained, (laughs) like in our little chairs, you know? We're not. We're just going to be like sad divorced dads (laughs) looking at like the way we were and like watching people touch grass virtually. You can watch every season. They got spring, they got fall, (laughs) they got summer, they got winter. It's insane. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Bituation Room podcast of the year 2024, the year that will have me up late at night worrying about it. Uh, Last night, I was like, it just dawned on me. I was like, God damn it. It's an election year. God damn it. I'm losing so much sleep. So what you think 2020 was bad? Oh boy. Oh boy. Gonna have to up the amount of CBD I take at night. The amount of magnesium just like ugh, 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 ugh. um hi I'm Francesca Fiorentini I am your host. So good to have you here. We have a great show. Um comedian River Butcher is back on the show at long last. Damn it. And we're going to be talking about the Iowa caucuses. Cockeye. That's right. The Iowa cocks. Um that's what we'll be talking about um who's leading? Trump. Um him What's going on? What about the Civil War? Why are we relitigating that in the year 2024? Oh, cuz they're all confederates. Um and we will be talking about Trump's new plan to build something that isn't a wall. That's right. It's going it's it's um can you guess? Can you guess? Um and then Paris Marks of Tech Won't Save Us podcast is back and we're going to dig into all things AI. And why the hell this is not an inevitable snowball of late stage capitalism, how we can fight back, why OpenAI and ChatGPT are BS, Um, just Paris does some incredible reporting and work and writing. And so I'm always happy to have him here. Um, And I'm excited to get into it because, no, it's not good. And no, we don't want AI dolls. And I'm very, very concerned about that. And then finally, yeah, the Epstein lists have dropped. They done dropped. And uh, I want to go – because, look, some people are bad. Some of them are award-winning actors. And can we really throw them on? So um, I'm looking at you, Cameron, Cameron Diaz-Port. Like, I think it should – never mind. We'll talk about it later. But my question is, of this list of very fame-fame people that were, you know, were associates of Epstein – We're doing some matchups. Who do you spare? Who do you save? Who do you forgive? And who do we just trash shoot of memory? Well, who do we memory hole people other than Epstein himself, which arguably all of these people tried to memory hole um, when they didn't have him killed. Um, I'm just kidding. Wow. Starting off strong. Starting off strong here. Um, but if you're listening, hey, give this Conspiracy Theory podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you are on YouTube or Twitch, what's up? Hey, you guys can become members and help this show, uh, support the people that make this show happen, like Paige, like Max, like myself. Um, and uh, also become a patron. Patreon.com slash Vituation Room. That's how my preferred support method of choice is you get access to not only this show of course but bonus episodes every friday i go live 1pm pacific 4pm eastern it is free to watch but if you want to listen to it or you want to watch back or you want to see a long catalog of all kinds of stuff um you have got to become a patron patreon.com slash bituation room. Last week, I did go into the Epstein list in depth. It was fun. I have some thoughts about Stephen Hawking. I also talked about the resignation of Claudine Gay, the president or former president of Harvard. We read her op-ed that she wrote in the New York Times and um, had some critiques of that. Uh, So definitely go back and listen or watch. uh, And thank you so much in advance for being a supporter. It means the wild um but with that let's get into it we we are um oh page i'm not gonna bring river in by 114. 14 it's not gonna happen i'm late on this show all the time uh but i did want to share that you guys this show is going to be live in san francisco in uh 18 days um yeah I, I I don't know, or 10, 19, yeah, like 18 days. Um, January 28, 10, I think that's it, 18 or 19 days. Um, My brain is so fried right now, I hardly got any sleep. But anyway, Sunday, January 28th at 7 p.m. at the Gateway Theater, SF Sketchfest presents The habituation Room with me, with Miles Gray of The Daily Zeitgeist, with Emma Viglin of The Majority Report, with Nato Green of this show and of... The Bugle podcast, if you listen to that, it's gonna be so good. So get your tickets. There is a um ticket link in the bio right now. Um, and uh yeah, I hope to see you there. Tickets are selling fast. Also, Nato and I are gonna be doing stand-up. So th- we won't be doing stand-up comedy that night, but we will be doing it the night before at a much smaller venue called Lost Church. And you can also get tickets to that. So if you want to see Nato and I do stand up with uh, Corinda Dobbins and Daya Lakshminarayanan, two comedians who've been on this show before. Go get tickets to that. I hope you see you there, and I hope to see you Sunday. It'll be a different vibe. Again, smaller, more intimate, Uh, got some new material for y'all, but uh, Sunday is strictly podcast time, so Bay Area, you have been warned. All right, let's get into it, guys. This is What Are You bitching over? Never not bitching about Israel's assault on Gaza. Never not bitching about the fact that we are still in a genocide that's unfolding before our very eyes. And, um, you know, from the looks of the sad Oscars or the Golden Globes, um, not a lot of people speaking out about it and uh, not 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 uh, not smiled upon to say anything publicly. It was very sad to see a lot of stars uh, say nothing, which is fine. I mean, look. I don't know we know they're not a lot of them aren't getting paid that much either that's why they get fancy dress-up events because it's you know that's what studios do they're like here's a here's a gold thing please stop advocating uh for more money thank you we will be using your likeness in the future under our new you know ai rules um but no it's still very upsetting uh look cnn just has a report out today one in a hundred people in gaza has been killed by israel we're looking at 22,835 people. Again, we know the vast majority, two-thirds of those are women and children. One in 40 Gazans has been wounded. Um, and yet, you have uh, we're still being told that if you criticize everything that's happening and the indiscriminate bombing of children, uh, you are anti-Semitic. Um, you will lose your job. You will uh, be, I don't know, you will, whatever, Like, you'll lose, uh, as Medi Hassan did, you'll lose your show on MSNBC uh, if you ask too many questions. And yet, this is the kind of stuff that's coming out from the IDF, y'all. This is a soldier, um, Yishai Shaliv, who's standing in front of what once was Al-Azhar University in Gaza. And I will translate. He's saying, for all those asking why there's no education in Gaza oops we had a missile fall on it that sucks oh too bad that's how you'll not be engineers anymore so he has taken a tiktok and gloating over the fact that israel bombed a school now look there's there's been refugee camps there have been homes there have been um you know all kinds of places, mosques that have been bombed and destroyed in Gaza. There's something about bombing. There's something about um, defacing and uh, tearing apart a school, which we've seen in a number of instances throughout this war, um, Israeli soldiers filming themselves doing that, that... um, Uh, Something extra cruel. I don't I can't put my finger on it. Something about um, children are the future, Uh, something about um, trying to better yourself, even while you live under occupation, even while your government uh, that you are being punished for having not elected, considering so many children did not elect Hamas. Um, your government's not really a government, considering it doesn't control the land or the sea or the air. It doesn't have a standing army, doesn't really have secure borders for itself. Um, it doesn't control trade. Uh, in fact, there's a massive blockade against basic goods. Um, not really a government. and um, And yet we're told time and time again, why can't Palestinians just, you know, if they could just elect not terrorists, if they could just better themselves, pull their pants up, you know? Um, and it is so cruel No, now that like the IDF gloats in this and the IDF and that's that's a regular ass soldier, you know, that, that's not an actual political representative. Oh, but here is a member of the Knesset. Um, I don't think we have this graphic, but uh, oh, here we do uh, tweeting um, about the amount of not just bloodshed and murder and Gazans who've lost their lives, but specifically about the millions who are now starving, who don't have shelter. And she tweets, or she said on the floor, excuse me of the Knesset, without hunger and thirst among the Gazan population, we will not be able to recruit intelligence. We will not be able to bribe people with food, drink, medicine, in order to obtain intelligence. And we know that finding the abductees is a supreme and super important goal along with the goals of fighting. They're using it for leverage. That's sweet. That's definitely a war crime. Um, so again, gloating in the fact that they're withholding food they're withholding aid um while you know biden swears he got protested the other day he's swe- he's working very qu- i'm working quietly behind the scenes to stop the bloodshed so quiet so quiet you can... <laughs> i'm sorry where are we do i get money yet um you know, and this is on top of the fact that uh, the son, the one of the surviving sons of Al Jazeera, uh, Gaza bureau chief, um, Wilde al Dadu was killed. His name was Hamza. He was killed. He was a photojournalist. Um, he was killed in, in Gaza recently. So, again, another war crime going after journalists. But, hey, this is just another day in what we're supposed to normalize, but I'm bitching about that. Just a smattering of evil people. With that, though, someone who is not evil and who definitely doesn't smatter. I don't know how to introduce you, River. Stand up comedian, actor, writer. You can watch his special, different kind of dude, which was called a quote, masterclass in culture war. <sighs> on Comedy Central's YouTube yet channel right now. I had to get the full intro. River Butcher, everybody.
1: What's up? It's good to see you. I actually have a a newer special that's on YouTube, also called "Someone's Boyfriend." So just letting everybody know, if you want to watch a new one, it has not yet been called a masterclass, but uh, (laughs) it is out there. It's good to see you, Francesca. How are you?
0: It's good to see you. From the river butcher to the sea, Palestine will be free.
1: (laughs) That's right. Absolutely free Palestine. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, wild uh, to continue to live through a genocide while people tell you that that's not what's happening. you know, um, when they give a lot of answers, well, if, if this would just happen, I mean, when the only answer is stop, you know, like to me, um, it's pretty wild. I mean, people, you know, are constantly saying this of like, you know, if you, if you wondered what you would do during world war II, you're doing it. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how else to, how more plainly to put it. And, you know, watching, uh, watching people complain about the way people are protesting. It's just, it's, it's wild. But I do, I do believe that, um consciousness is being raised it's continued to you know and and i mean i could go back before 2020 but i think that 2020 is is a is a good inflection point of of a big massive consciousness raising While, uh you know the things don't change the way we think they should be immediately i do believe that like so many more people are seeing this for what it actually is which is a genocide and not not even a war you know the fact that people are like oh it's a you know it's this that's not war like you don't Bom- bombing citizens, uh, whether they're men, women, or children is not war. You know, yeah. you, when you tell a population, Oh, go here, it's safe. And then you purposely bomb them. That's not, that's not war. Well, you know, like, no. and so not even, I'm not even arguing for war, but like <laughs> to use the, the, the most accurate language for what's happening is um, yeah, exactly. You know, kind of my job yeah, <laughs> as a stand-up yeah. comedian. Yeah, you, you know? have to be precise so like, with your language. Yeah.
0: No, and and yes, and some of the propaganda that's being written is like, oh, God, you could really use some punch-up. Like, like you could really – someone needs to go in there and yeah. uh, at least be convincing uh, with some of your propaganda. But um, yeah, it is – it's so wild and disheartening, and it, it it you know when I was watching the Golden Globes and like again I don't I don't put this all on celebrities and I think we over the way we sort of put too much on comics I also think we put too much on celebs so I want to just name that but it also feels like you know Oppenheimer wins a bunch of awards <laughs> I, right yeah. about some you know um the moral quandaries of whether to develop this like life ending technology that did murder millions of people. And like that wins the award. And you can only imagine, like 30 years from now, you know, we're going to have this like insight into, you know, Netanyahu's life. And like, mm-hmm. we're gonna, he's going to be this sympathetic character, but we'll all know what he did was ultimately wrong. You know, lib shit, lib shit, like, yeah, yeah, which is like, course. I won't speak out for something until it's like millions of dead and 50 years into the future.
1: Yeah. Because somebody might be like mad at me or something, you know? Um, it's, it's uh, pretty wild. And the continued, um, uh like comparing this to hamas and things when i've seen multiple sources that netanyahu's like we need hamas like that's what we need you know like and it's very clear like it that yeah this is this is how the the capitalist you know the global capitalist imperialist movement works that's what america does we create terrorist cells to fight so that uh the progressive governments don't happen you know like this is absolutely. what we do it's what absolutely it's the history do. of
0: the u.s involvement in the middle east
1: yeah i mean it's the history of the united states
0: and yeah exactly <laughs> history of the world <laughs> anywhere in fact. you know
1: anywhere. yes i but- mean i'm not smart enough to have the full list i just know there's a full <laughs> list you know what i mean like that's i'm well, not trying to act like you know i know everything but i do know that about this country you know
0: exactly there's one thing i know it's that we're we, we're not the good guys in a lot of no. these wars, most of these wars, in fact, um, we will be talking about a very important war that happened in this country in a little bit, uh, and the fact that we are relitigating it somehow. Hmm. But River, what are you bitching about yeah. beyond you know the sort of genocide work-life balance?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's that. Uh, I also just want to give a shout out because I I don't know I you you brought up pro- propaganda. I, this is not necessarily what I'm bitching about, but I do just want to acknowledge like I've witnessed how well propaganda works throughout this genocide that's been happening since Mm -hmm. October to see people that I know and go, Oh, this is, uh, that, that is part of my practice is acknowledging like, Oh, this person has literally been exposed to propaganda since the moment they came onto this earth, you know? And so like keeping that also in mind. Um, but the thing that I wanted to bring up on this show specifically is Mike DeWine's, uh, signing an executive order, effectively banning, um, uh, any any gender affirming healthcare uh, for anyone, not just youth. Not that that's good, but just you know, specifying that it is uh, banning gender affirming healthcare for trans people mm-hmm. um, for 120 days, which is like the uh, the the maximum that he can do such an order um, from his desk. And it was a couple of weeks ago where he uh, he he vetoed. Uh, it was House Ohio House Bill 68. And this is important to me, not just as a trans person, but as a, a trans Ohioan, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. um, to point this out. I've, I've, I've lived on. Obviously, I don't live there anymore, but I've lived under Mike DeWine my entire life as a, as a Congressperson, a senator, now a governor. Christ, um, still, and you, you know, fools he's, don't he's, go anywhere. Yeah, he's bought and paid for, just like many Democrats. But uh, he happens to be on the other side of the aisle. Um, and just how dangerous this is, not just for trans people, but for everyone. Um, and in, in, in. Uh, uh in collaboration to me with the the lack of uh covid effort from coming from the white house uh and the fact that everything is privatized and everything is up to you and 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 good luck and also we're going to ban healthcare you know like so the the window for uh uh existence and the window of health and an opportunity to exist whether it's in the united states or in palestine is ever closing and all of these things are related to for me like all of these things of what you uh, of 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 freedom under the guise of law and like Mm. it just it just is really uh it's really disheartening for me and to to see this this kind of uh executive order get passed when it's quite literally irrelevant to no one to to everyone but trans people, yep. uh, it has zero effect on you and your healthcare, your insurance, your backyard, like none of it. What someone else does, it, it, it's just it doesn't, you know. So um, that's what I'm bitching about is Mike DeWine and this executive order. Um, when people are going homeless, when people are getting sick, when people need jobs, when people need food, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, just, it just never ceases to amaze me. The things that our government wants to do uh, for its people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. I, and and again, this is the party that believes in freedom and liberty, ostensibly, that is against cancel That's culture. Possible. And they are literally like making people's identities illegal um, and we know we know this was a slippery slope as soon as they were like oh no it's just about youth it's just about minors of course it's not about minors <laughs> we know that that was always a cover and DeWine's proved that and again the same thing with you know if you think you know they're not going to go after gay marriage of course they are if you think they're not going to go after contraception after going after abortion rights of course they are it just keeps going and going and going but the anti-trans stuff is like it's so much more um targeted and explicit and evil than even and I, even uh, anti-abortion legislation because with that they still have this cover of like well every life is precious Mm -hmm. and maybe that person can grow up to live a fulfilled life oh what if they're trans well no well then that then no well Mm -hmm. then no then they can they can be subject to all kinds of cruelty and you know um and whatever like you know what i'm saying it's even more like no no we would just like them to go away
1: yeah, no, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. But I, I feel like there, there's, there's no daylight between um, trans healthcare bans, and abortion bans. Yeah, because both have to do with an already here, humans, bodily autonomy, and existence on the planet. Because what is always being talked about, uh, in abortion is the life of the child, right. and never the, the person that the mother of that child and right. what that person and like I, it's not a, like what somebody has gone through it i i don't need a litmus test for why somebody needs healthcare. i don't everybody deserves care whatever that care is and so like even a child uh should have in this country bodily autonomy yeah you know and and i know that that's a hard for a lot maybe even people on this live stream because then you might assume based on the the propaganda that what i'm saying is like oh yeah a four-year-old should get top surgery that's not what i'm saying (laughs) you know that's what they've said about it you know and so so like i hear you what you're saying but it's it's again and you're right like it's it's about this pretend idea of possibility you know but it's Mm -hmm. it's someone else's idea of what possibility is yeah you know and if my possibility of my life uh, depends upon the bombing of another country, then that possibility is not worthwhile to me. Just like that possibility is not worthwhile if uh, women, you know, mothers, people who are pregnant, all of it, uh, can't get healthcare yeah. because if it's not just like oh abortion, um, and it, it is literally like well yeah now we don't want you to have this kind of like that just means they can take away whatever healthcare they want.
0: No, exactly. Not just the
1: ones that we have political well, and spiritual entanglements with.
0: Exactly. Know? And that's why I think they're all linked. But right, I didn't I didn't mean to like uh hire, make a hierarchy. <laughs> right, but yeah. but you're 100% right and we see that. And that's why I think yeah, it is all connected. It is all about sovereignty and bodily autonomy. Um and 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 just like in ch- having just lastly on this, we got to move on, but mm-hmm. having a baby and like having a kid and really wanting her to grow up as someone who like has like very has bodily autonomy can can understand when like things are good for her not good for her feel good don't feel good people are aggressing upon her people are not like all of that Republicans think that like by stripping away kids rights and right to privacy specifically, which mm-hmm. is what all of this is about, it's a right to fucking privacy, mm-hmm. that somehow that protects them, that not talking about sex and not talking about gender, that somehow protects them, fucking bullshit, and it's proven out in every study that the more you talk about that, the more kids mm-hmm. actually can not only protect themselves from predators and like and and have bodily autonomy, but also live their truth, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I personally don't think that the Republicans think that protects them. I think that's what they put out into the world. Sure. Because they actually know. And I would throw the Democrats in the ring on this, too. It just looks a lot different. Mm. That you actually have a controllable population. Mm -hmm. If an undereducated population, and when I say educated, it's like having your own experience of your life and having uh, conversations, community-based conversations of what you know sex is what gender can yes. be what you yes. know all these things that when when an entity controls what is and isn't talked about just like they're banning books i mean <laughs> the nazis banned books and burned books we never in this country talk about what those books were about and that's for a good reason because they got those ideas from us <laughs> and the books that they burned were gender uh gender book like books about transgender people transsexual people uh and queer people those were the, that was what straight they were nazi burning. shit. yeah and we don't we literally don't talk about it in here because a they got it from us so they don't like the, our government doesn't want children to know that and b that this country doesn't want children to know about that history about right. queer people so right. like it's it's so connected. Like not educating, and I mean Adolf Hitler said the same thing about when you educate. Like you, if you educate the youth, you have control of them. Right. And in this country, which Moms
0: for Liberty used as a as a good thing.
1: Yeah, like it was a good thing.
0: Isn't that a great quote? I mean, like said live that, long oh, Adolf.
1: <laughs> yeah, live Weird. long enough. But yeah. it is <laughs> what, what it is true, but for nefarious ends, you know. Yeah. And so, like we in this country, as a government, we choose to undereducate our youth as that same controlling arm, you know, sure, to, to to keep people in poverty, whether it's physical, financial, or or, or knowledge-based, and usually all three, you know.
0: Mm. Coming in hot, River. Anyway, yeah, I'm having a great no, day. No, no, it's <laughs> good. No, I, I'm like, God, we, why don't you come back more often? Because we could, <laughs> sure. you know, we got a lot of threads to pick up here. We got a lot to get to, but okay, let's, let's get to it. Um, there's just one real main focus, which is, of course, setting the stage for this hellacious election year. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is the week where. So all eyes are on Iowa. Um, All eyes on Iowa. Definitely a famous Tupac song. Um, (laughs) Trump is running away with the Iowa caucus. If you guys don't know what a caucus is, it's basically a game of indoor Red Rover. Everyone goes to a corner and just kind of yells. I've been at a caucus. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was in Nevada for for the caucus there wildly disorganized river i'm yeah. not sure if you've been like no. to or seen how it goes down it basically takes like four hours and you're like oh i'm sorry who has that time <laughs> the people i was doing spanish language translation not to get off topic of course the the people who needed spanish spanish language translation were working on a tuesday and had to leave after like yeah. 30 minutes so they weren't counted it is just it's just wild. But anyway, it still happens. And uh, on the Democrats in Iowa are doing things a little different. They're voting by mail this year in a whole other. We don't have to go into how undemocratic that is in terms of not having anyone else on really up yeah. to t- challenge the president. But Trump's running away with this thing, y'all. Uh, let's yeah. do some polling um, as much as, you know, we're going to play the Haley DeSantis, you know, who's in front. It's Trump by with 51.3% in terms of the Republican vote. Um, And he knows it. He's flaunting it. He's not showing up to any kinds of debates. Of course, why would he? He's got 91 criminal charges hanging over his head. Um, Haley and DeSantis are going to have their little CNN town hall. Ramaswamy didn't qualify. Very sad. You had to get 10%, I believe, in like at least three polls. Womp womp. Um... But uh, a little bit more about Iowa and then we'll look at some of the things that he's been saying. Um, He's I mean, I hate is a hell of a drug, y'all, because he's going he's doing like tons of campaign stops four campaign rallies in the last two days after visiting the state infrequently in recent months, at least compared with his main rivals, Haley and DeSantis Uh, in the presidential primaries and caucuses. Voters cast ballots in their states as the first of two steps. The outcomes of those contests determine which individuals called delegates will go to the Republican National Convention to be formally chosen as their party's nominee. Um, So there's a little bit of delegate math, basically uh, internal polling, according to the Trump campaign, which I'm like, who the fuck is honestly staffing this at any at this point? Who, like, isn't also indicted in, you know, Georgia? Um, They estimate uh, Trump to win 973 delegates by March 5th. And uh, 1,478 by March 19th, it takes 1,215 to win the nomination. So he's most definitely going to win this. Iowa will be the big number one. The, the basic the thing that we're all going to be looking for is who's going to be number two. Is it going to be Nikki Haley? Is it going to be Ron DeSantis? Haley seems to have pulled a little bit above DeSantis, but there's some thoughts around just the makeup of iowa as a state you know what i'm hinting at Uh, and the fact that they are responsive to lines like this from trump um trump recently um said that immigrants were poisoning the blood of the country and 42 percent of iowa republican caucus goers liked those remarks uh that, that made them more likely to support him according to a poll. Um specifically he said they're destroying the blood of our country, that's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. Addendum and I never read Mein Kampf Okay. <laughs> what the Okay, let's let's put a pin in that. But then he says, I don't know, some more xenophobic stuff. They're bringing crime, disease, etc., etc., etc. But I've never read my income forever. Like I'm, <laughs> so you know my my Nazism is like that's just organic. That's homegrown. That's that comes from in here. I never uh, even that,
1: that. That's that to me. I would love to hear this just because. Like <laughs> I forgot in prepping to come on here. I haven't listened to him in quite some time. I forgot. Like his stream of consciousness is just like such a ride. It's such uh, a ride I, th- I forgot about that. But like. That's that was a talking point. The first election that he had Mein Kampf on his nightstand. Right. That was like
0: it wasn't he at, wasn't floating it as a talking point, but it was sort of widely known. It was b- at
1: a point, though, is what I mean. Like, so he's like he's like reaching back and going like, hey, remember the archives? Yes. I never read Mein Kampf. Also, yes. this is totally I know where I know what you're thinking like it's just it's just wild. Well,
0: he know? does it all the time. Oh, by the way, also, I'm definitely not a rapist, okay? Again. Right. And you're like, "Oh, thanks for reminding us about that one rape allegation that yeah. actually you you were found guilty of uh, what is it? sexual assault. I forgot what technical word they yeah. used to avoid saying assault <laughs> or <laughs> misconduct, but it it was rape. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, he loves to do that and then sort of get away with it. You know, I'm yeah. a hashtag no mind It's like that's his like you know anti gay no homo. He's like no mind comp. Right, right, right exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but I mean Fox News is a hell of a drug, and I'm not trying to scapegoat and not say these people having this opinion is is not awful. But it's just like the again propaganda that's going on in this country is really intense, and yeah. it. I mean, are let me ask you this, Francesca, because mm. I don't I don't know if you feel this way. Are you surprised that he's running away with it? Because I'm not. I'm Um, not.
0: I, uh, (laughs) look, I do think that Americans have, you know, the memory of, I guess I thought maybe like a garden lizard, you know, like just a little, like, (laughs) I forgot that the cat is the one that took my tail the last time. But the memory of just a, just a day old little gnat, like a larva, like a fucking, and and again, no disrespect. But like, there are people legitimately saying he was good for the economy. Things mm-hmm. were good under him. Like he doesn't have a million dead under his belt because of what ha- what his behavior in COVID. And like that, the money, the people who were doing good, weren't the fucking ultra wealthy. And th- and like, but again, this is this is where we are. We're just these little gnats, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, around. I don't know. I I mean, I wish we were around a light, but it's really just a steaming pile of shit. And anyway, so I am a little bit surprised, but it is interesting, you know, especially in a state like Ohio, uh, excuse me, Iowa, which Paige said I would get confused and I did. Yeah,
1: It happens all the time.
0: And it does. (laughs) Exactly. But that's fine. Um, It's not. But um, what else is going on in Iowa is uh, Kim Reynolds, who's the governor there, has just rejected giving low income children um, food aid. Um, this was part of COVID era benefits. This is free money, people. Yeah. Um, it's forty dollars a month for kids, which, of course, uh, you know, r- r- just ro- rolling in the dough. Richie Rich over here. Um, she said, uh, "An EBT card does nothing to promote nutrition at a time when childhood obesity has become an epidemic." Bitch, you know what else has become an epidemic? Starvation childhood malnutrition. You dumb, I swear to God, I can't even, I can't even with this woman. I'm so fucking angry. So that's what else is going on in Iowa. right? As well as, oh, a mass shooting. That was fun. Uh, Different candidates weighed in and offered their condolences, but said nothing about gun control. Um, Trump actually said, you have to quote, get over it. We have to get over it. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy called gun control the wrong approach and false hubris in the wake of the Iowa shooting. So I I don't know. I think if Haley comes in number two, River, yes. it might show that, like, Iowa is a bit tired of the drama and that DeSantis isn't offering them enough of, like, the anti-woke agenda isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, she's a woman of color as much as she tries to run from that. And Iowa's incredibly white.
1: Yeah. she. Wait, what is what's her deal? I forget
0: she's south asian
1: oh okay she's uh, that's to, my uh, ignorance so i'm I, that's no no no
0: it's say. okay she would like you to forget that she's indian um and she and fun segue um even though she i guess identifies as a person of color um clearly convenient it seems like <laughs> when it's convenient clearly clearly forgot one of the biggest moments in american history um and and why it Circles around liberating uh, an entire population, uh, the Civil War. And this week, she said um, just this little fun quote when she was asked directly why the Civil War happened. Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, could not come up with an answer, in fact, said this.
2: What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an
0: easy question or anything.
2: I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was gonna run,
0: the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government.
2: In the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without
1: mentioning the word slavery.
0: Okay, so <laughs> this is a question from the audience.
1: That's a great freeze right there. I just wanna say that-, that This <laughs> right. space.
0: <laughs> She's making a like, I I just saw a ghost face as the setup was perfect, though. What was mm-hmm. the cause of the Civil War for a Republican? You know, they all want to hear states rights, right? You know, and I like hats off to this person who asked this question and she starts off with, well, <laughs> ironically, just give me an easy one, will you? As if it wasn't the easiest fucking layup, mm-hmm. as if, you know. Oh, don't make me miss John McCain, people. Um, Don't make just just, yeah, slavery. Okay, no. What was about state rights? And then she says something even crazier, which is it was about the freedom for people to do. Let's listen to it again. I I can't remember exactly how she worded it. Government was going to run the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. The freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Want to bet she's not talking about formerly enslaved people. Wanna bet she's talking about fucking slavery. She's talking about what people could and whether they could own other people. So anyway, that was her response. Um, She then immediately uh, after this has tried to do some damage control and uh, was on Fox News of all places. I think it was, hang on, let me, let's continue this. She's on Fox and she says, she says this. The first thing I should have said was slavery. I completely agree with that. When you grow up in the South, slavery is a given. Like when you think of the Civil War, you know it was about slavery. <laughs> You're just trying to find an excuse to change the subject when you grow up in the South. You're just trying to find a way to, you know, still have hang a Confederate flag. Um, so that was her response. And then here's Trump in Iowa who basically said, no, it was about slavery. I mean, that's basic, it was about slavery. He admits that it was about slavery, so I guess points on that. But then he decides to sort of wax poetic about the Civil War. And River, if you can yeah. make sense of what he's trying to say, yeah. if you missed the I of consciousness. I consciousness. I, I might like be I'm getting my
1: Trump it. whispering back, honestly. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming all the spidey yeah, senses. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
2: If you take a look, I mean, the wars, I don't know what it is, the Civil War was so fascinating, so horrible, it was so horrible. But so fascinating. It was uh I don't know, it was just different. I just find it I'm so attracted to seeing it so many
0: (laughs) The Civil War. I mean if it were a woman, it would definitely be a ten, maybe an eleven. Great legs on the Civil War. I'm so attracted (sighs) to it, so fascinating. You know.
1: Great war, top ten war.
0: Top two amazing. We're fascinating. Why?
2: many mistakes were made. See, there was something I think could have been negotiated, to be honest with you. I think you could have negotiated that. All the people died. So many people died. You know, that was the disaster. If you got hit by a bullet in the leg, you were essentially going to die or lose the leg. That's why you had so many people, no legs, no arms. If you got hit in...
0: Okay, okay. this is a digression. You know, it could have been negotiated, but no legs. And that was why, because they didn't have, you know, hands to shake with. So they couldn't negotiate because they couldn't, they didn't have any limbs anymore.
2: The arm or the leg, it meant you were up because the infection, gangrene. It was just such a, you know, sort of a horrible time. But that's I was thinking to myself because I was uh, reading something, and I said, "This is something that could have been negotiated." <laughs> you know, it was just for all those people to die, and I they agree. died viciously. That was a vicious, vicious war.
0: Okay, he continues. Oh, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> he continues to talk about. He continues to talk about uh lincoln and that if lincoln had just negotiated yeah. you know we wouldn't even be talking about him he just negotiated we could have just negotiated the art of the deal with uh slave holding right. success successionists. successionists thank you successionists are who i am fans of the show succession um <laughs> why didn't why couldn't you know what they could have just negotiated with, like, a little bit of slavery. Just, like, a little bit, you know? Yeah, they just, just like scope.
1: Have sat up at the desk and talked about it, you know?
0: Like, you can have one and a half persons, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that would have been fine. This, that's what I'm reading, which is, you didn't have to, why couldn't they just negotiate? Which is, like, <laughs> River, from, I did read, uh, ulysses or the the book grant um who wrote it see i don't read a lot um but it was so fucking good it's by the guy who, who wrote um the hamilton book see i don't and he's kind of a he's kind of a rube anyway the point is this uh robert e lee tried to negotiate he at the end he was like what if we do a treaty what if what if we just like what if we like like we just like do a handshake and Ulysses S. Grant was like, no, you need to surrender. This is the wars right. you fucking lost. Yeah. Surrender to us. Yeah. You lost. And they're like, oh, fine. But this is—it's a Confederate line to say they should have negotiated. They should have gone easier on the South.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like it's the same. It's the same. It's the same as what's happening now. Like Hamas should have negotiated. It's like, okay, sure, but you're bombing the shit out of them it's like I, I don't i don't know like you know they should have negotiated with us it's like i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know right. to, no, other no. than like i have no answer to like the, the actual intellectual conversation that's actually happening i'm just like oh right i forgot why people love him because he just talks and like people are so lonely in this country that they're just like oh yeah the civil war was really terrible and i bet he could have gotten us out of that you know what I mean? it's just like it's so wild to watch that and then remember like how much he affects people
0: yeah 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 he's I mean the amount of uh it's just sort of like a it's like a Klansman massaging your brain you know that's Uh what it feels it's just like yeah all these things are perfectly normal we have to I have to bring in Paris very soon but but the last thing and look good on him Biden He hasn't spoken up about an actual genocide. He keeps on funding uh, Israel's war on the Palestinian people, but he knows the Civil War was definitely about slavery and it was bad.
2: After the Civil War, the defeated Confederates couldn't accept the verdict of the war. They had lost. So they say they embraced what's known as the lost cause. The self-serving lie that the Civil War is not about slavery, but about states' rights. They've called that the noble cause. That was a lie. A lie that had, not just a lie, but had terrible consequences. It brought on Jim Crow. So let me be clear, for those who don't seem to know, slavery was the cause of the Civil War.
0: There is no negotiation about it. And he would know because he was there. He
1: was
0: yeah, he was there. He was there. He witnessed it. Uh he was among Lincoln's men. If anyone knew Lincoln, it was our old ass president, uh Robinette Biden. Um yeah.
1: I mean I'm glad somebody's saying it. It's hard for me to uh have any like uh, appreciation for that person saying it, given that he essentially created the new Jim Crow with the crime bill and all, and it was in cahoots with all those Jim Crow guys, anyways, and shaking their hands and talking about how incredible they are. So hard, mm,
0: four more hard years, four more years, la la, 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 la four guy. more years, four for mo- I don't even
1: very simple.
0: I can't hear whenever it, you know, I hear criticism. I hear I want Trump to be president. That's all but, I hear yeah. coming out of River's mouth. <laughs> I want Trump again. <laughs> all right we gotta move on that was fun just just so a great time just a good time um i will i will maybe we'll save our our final clip for the the final um we might boot epstein off uh this island okay um but let's bring in um back again for a third time um third time is a charm but every time is a charm really oh god please stop me canadian tech critic author of road to nowhere what silicon valley gets wrong about the future of transportation and host of the award-winning podcast tech won't save us paris Marx, paris how are you
3: yeah i'm well how are you
0: good this is river river paris
1: what's up paris hello river um, nice to meet you
3: you too
0: paris okay so i just read this and i i sent you a bunch of questions but i just read today that, and speaking of transportation, that California wants to use a generative AI to try and mitigate traffic somehow. Um
3: <laughs>
0: Why is this BS? Like, I just, I read this headline. I read a little bit of it and I was like scanning to see like if there was anything new or if it would like take cars off the roads or create buses or create like, I'm not seeing uh, the words, you know, high speed rail or fucking, you know, trams or anything in this article. No, they're just mapping traffic. But like any any thoughts on that off uh, off the bat here?
3: Uh, they're always looking for a way to like do anything to like not address how car dependent everybody is, right? <laughs> you know, w- we'll find any way now it's generative AI in order to solve the problem. You know, boring companies were going to drill a ton of tunnels under the roads to put cars in because there isn't enough room for them on the streets. Uh, they wanted to do double decker highways for a while because, you know, they couldn't keep expanding the number of lanes on the highways to fit all the cars on them. It's It's just anything to not say maybe everyone shouldn't have to own a car, you know, and we should have some other options for people to get around that actually makes sense.
0: I was thinking, yeah, like if you're going to target me and my license plate and be like, bitch, you already like went to target twice this week. Why don't you like reduce <laughs> trips? You know what I mean? Don't go three times. Like you can't be on the road. Like then I might be like, that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, no, nothing. Anyway, that's, that is, let's put that aside because I, last time you were on, we talked about AI a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to replacing background actors and writers. We were focused on the WGA. We were focused on SAG. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of like the conversation conversation's still going, even though those labor fights were settled, right? Literally. There's still this inevitability discussion around AI and generative AI and chat GPT and all the different... You know, uh, AI artwork generating apps that I don't remember the name of at the moment. Why? Why does it have to be inevitable? Who makes? Who drives that inevitability discussion around new technology that isn't actually all that amazing, like AI?
3: Yeah, it's the tech companies, right? Um, if if you can say from the beginning, should we adopt this or should we not? It immediately kind of makes it so that the product that these companies want to roll out in the world isn't inevitable and it's something that we have a choice over. But once it comes to, you know, um, AI is rolling out, AI is here, AI has become so powerful, it's like this massive threat to our society and humanity and all of our jobs and all these other things, then all of a sudden you can't say, wait, should we be doing this at all? You get distracted with other questions as to, okay, how do we regulate it? And which companies should be in control of it? And how should we be using it? And like all this other kind of stuff, instead of asking like the deeper, more fundamental question as to, should it be used at all? Is what these companies uh, telling us, like, is this all accurate? Like, are they telling us the truth? Or are they kind of bullshitting to get us to like, buy into what they want to you know, sell us basically, um, yeah. and I think that that is really the core of it, right? Um, they don't want us to question these futures that they want to foist on us, futures that make them profit and that increase the degree of control that they have over everybody else.
0: Right, right. And you come from you come from like a tech writer world, correct? as yeah
3: i've been writing for writing about tech for quite a while yeah <laughs>
0: yeah right, right and and what you see so much is that how the media also plays this role where they're like mm-hmm. simultaneously really afraid of this uh new technology but also incredibly yeah. enamored of being like oh my god i totally. talked to chat gpt and like now we're <laughs> boyfriend girlfriend and ugh. like it's like this whole thing so they kind of yeah, they fan the flames of like, yeah, again, the like unquestioning sort of fangirling over these new technologies that, again, as we talked about, rely on a bunch of underpaid people in like Kenya who are yep. fucking reading the worst and seeing the worst things on the internet possible.
3: Totally. Like, I don't know if you remember the early days of like the Chat GPT hype, but like the New York Times and all these major publications were publishing like transcripts with Chat GPT, um, like online and in their newspapers. And I remember the New York Times was like the most notable one because it kicked off all these other publications doing it. But uh Kevin Roofs, one of the tech journalists there, was like, Chat GPT is telling me I should break up with my girlfriend and like try what, you what? know, doing all this other kind of Chats stuff. Chat
0: ruined like, my marriage. We're like yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. ruined when you married <laughs> you idiot <laughs> like
3: yeah like i remember it,
0: reading that i'm just like oh god <laughs>
3: yeah. it's but it's shocking how like this is like the level of discourse that we can get over these things, especially when like they're new and just being launched. And these are people who you expect to like have a degree of expertise and like be informing the public. And instead they're just like totally falling for the exact narratives that the companies want people to follow. But like yeah. picking up on what you were saying about what actually goes into these tools, like there has been reporting on you know the poorly paid Kenyan workers who were essential to chat GPT and kind of weeding out all of the like really terrible stuff that's on the web that it could have been spitting out at us if those workers were not used. Um, You know, student interns in China, prison labor in Finland, like there's a bunch of people, there's a bunch of work that goes into doing these things. And then on top of it, we're seeing the growing number of lawsuits from the New York Times, from artists, from other media publications that are challenging open AI and these other AI companies, Microsoft as well, because it's a major investor in open AI um, for using copyrighted material to train their models. And now many people are finding that these, you know, whether it's the image tools or the writing tools like ChatGPT are just spitting out like largely plagiarized stuff that they've taken from elsewhere. You know, there's this argument sometimes that these models are learning when they take all this in, but they're not humans, right? They don't have brains like ours. They're just making copies of things and yes. then trying to like, you know, take all the different copies and figure out something that works for your prompt. And that's just taking from all these different places and spitting something out, right?
0: So you're not afraid of reaching what's the so, what's the thing we're supposed to reach that Elon is afraid of?
3: The singularity maybe. The singularity, or or I swear yeah. to
0: God. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Rome. How often do you mention the singularity? That's when you should worry about your boyfriend. Like <laughs> Like, so, because I love that, which is like, again, I think there's this idea that they're going to get so smart, that it's going to be so incredible. And it's like, why is that not true?
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, yeah, it, it's it's a ridiculous notion, right? Because it assumes that these computers are learning the way that humans do. And that just because they can do things that maybe they couldn't have done before, that that means that they are getting more intelligent or whatnot. Um, but I think that there's a lot of kind of credible research on this people who I often point to people like Emily M. Bender at the University of Washington, or, you know, critics who've, who've been around for a while who are not with us anymore, like Joseph Weizenbaum, who have you know, gone in and said, like, for us to kind of develop human values, for us to develop our knowledge of the world, and, you know, the intelligence that we have, it really relies on a lot of kind of human experience and, you know, being raised as a human and all these other sorts of things that these computers that these models do not have. Part of the reason that ChatGPT or Dolly, like the image generator, can do things that we haven't seen these tools do in the past is simply because there's a lot more computing power behind them, right? Because all these companies have built out these massive data centers around the world over the past decade, and so they're channeling that power into you know, churning out these poems and essays and things that aren't very good, and these images that are just like ripped off from elsewhere. Um, and yeah so it's not that they are becoming smarter that they're becoming closer to human intelligence it's just that we're spending a lot more computing power a lot more water a lot more energy a lot more computing parts in order to try to get this to further emulate it and i think these companies are incentivized or you know i don't know i don't know how to put it exactly i think on once on one hand, they're incentivized to make us believe this. But on the other hand, I think you have a lot of people leading these companies who just buy into this ideology that computer intelligence and human intelligence are one and the same. And as yes. long as we can increase like the level of intelligence, whatever it is, then we're all better off when there's a real kind of distinction between human intelligence and what a computer can actually do.
0: And mm-hmm. so specifically about the amount we've talked about human labor a little bit, but the amount of yeah. resources. I don't think a lot of us understand just how resource intensive Mm -hmm. running things like open AI or uh, generative AI is. But can you talk about that from your research and understanding?
3: Sure thing. Like, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, um, you know, just off the top of my head. But one of the things that I think the tech companies are good at making us kind of forget is that when we interact with ChatGPT, when we do anything online, when we, you know, store our stuff in the cloud, it's not, it doesn't just like go away somewhere that we can't imagine. It goes to this massive data center that is filled with computers where the parts in those computers have to be constantly like cycled out. And we don't do very good recycling of computer parts. In order to create those computer parts, you need mining that happens in many different parts of the world that's incredibly environmentally damaging. But then running all of those computers in one place requires water in order to cool them. So you need to be located in places where you can get access to a lot of fresh water. And at the same time, you need a lot of power, right? To power the cooling systems, to power um, the computers themselves that are doing this. And there's a a significant kind of expansion of data centers, massive data centers. They call them hyperscale data centers happening around the world right now. Um, One of the things that is quite interesting is There seems to be a growing kind of pushback in local communities around the world not everywhere but in some places against having these data centers built because people can see that it's using up their fresh water that it's using up a lot of the power that you know their communities rely on say if they're trying to hit kind of renewable standards all of a sudden something like a data center comes in and requires a lot more power you need to be running more fossil fuel energy or something like that in order to make up for it but one of the things that researchers have found is that often these data centers are located in places where energy is cheap. So, yeah. you know, often warmer places and things like that. If you think about the US kind of in the South and stuff. But these are often also places where water is limited. So, you know, places like deserts and, and pl- places that don't have a lot of fresh water. And so then you're pulling all of this fresh water out of the system um, and often kind of threatening the water supplies of, of communities, right?
0: That's just so wild and runs in counter to everything we've been told and sold about tech. And it yeah. you know, <laughs> goes to the heart of your podcast, which is Tech Won't mm-hmm. Save Us. And, and it goes to the heart of like, why it's all a fallacy. Why there is still a physical reality to every totally. one of these so-called advances. You write in your blog, disconnect blog. you write that in Dallas, uh, Oregon, or Dalles, Oregon, Google was found mm. to be using a quarter of the city's water supply to cool its facilities. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> and, and it's and fresh that, water. That Why does it have to be fresh water? I don't get that. Why don't can't you just throw sewage on it? That cool stuff. <laughs> I guess it's warm. Maybe it's too warm.
3: <laughs> it, it was that was also hidden for a long time. So people in the community were like fighting to get this data because it wasn't being given over to them. Because I believe the city had signed a non-disclosure agreement with Google. And for a long time, like a lot of these Jesus. major companies, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, will go into places, buy um, the land under like with shell companies and stuff. So you can't actually see the name of the entity that's doing it. And then it's only after that local communities find out what is actually being planned for this location and who is actually involved in this. And that is when kind of pushback begins. And sometimes they fail, but sometimes when it's too they late. are successful. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, River, please feel free to jump in anywhere. I, I yeah. just have, to, I
1: have I mean, I'm just curious, part Paris, if uh, like how, how like in cahoots with the uh, fossil fuel industry is... Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the tech industry is period, but to get specific yeah. about like just AI, Because to me, like everything you're saying is like, oh, this is like a handshake deal. We create this thing that on the face of it is advancing human technology and making your life easier. Uh, When in fact, it's actually like replacing you and your job. uh, And maybe not you, but the workers that you maybe look down on. And then it's also replacing you de facto by taking your literal water from you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And and saying like, yeah, we're also not going to... we're going to pull all the funding from like public uh, transportation, any sort of public uh, uh, possibility and just funnel it all into this AI while at the same time making shitty poetry out of it, you know? So I'm just (laughs) curious like how in cahoots those two things are because like you have to mine coal to run the electricity to do this, like in this actual country. And then you're mining these uh, lithium and all this stuff in Sudan Congo. And so it's just like, to me, this is just like, capitalism and the industrial revolution Mm -hmm. on I don't know steroids you know like so I'm curious your thoughts on that
3: yeah absolutely I like I would I would say there's probably not like direct links in the sense that like open AI is like you know we're partnering with Exxon to like make this happen (laughs) but like you can see how there's a direct benefit there right because the AI conversation kind of distracts us from bigger questions because we're focused on this and kind of the supposed existential risk that it creates The AI boom happened right after the crypto boom, right? And one thing that people might remember about that is that, you know, these companies were running massive data centers, um, often powered by fossil fuels. And in some cases, in parts of the United States had gotten fossil fuel, uh, you know, plants back up again to generate the power That's, to yeah. mine bitcoin and stuff like that um and then there's a big collapse in the prices and so you have all of these like graphics cards and and all of this kind of computing power that is sitting idle because you're not making as much money off it anymore and then all of a sudden you have a big ai boom and there are stories about kind of the graphics cards and the, the computing power being used for crypto mining then being used for kind of ai generative AI tools. Um, Another piece of that though, like to make a more direct link, is that not generative AI, like the things that OpenAI is doing, but still AI tools that have been around for a while have been used by companies like Microsoft, Google, and Amazon in order to make the kind of running of um, oil and gas companies' operations more efficient, Um, and what that means is actually to better allow them to extract more oil and gas from, you know, the wells and what not that they already have and for a long time the tech companies denied that they were involved in this um, but there was reporting in the past few years that confirmed you know how they were explicitly going out and trying to like create products um targeted toward the oil and gas industry um to get them to use this ai to like get more oil and gas out of the ground yeah, exactly. so yeah I mean, there who's are to say... very deep links
0: yeah. I mean, going back to the where we started with traffic just briefly you know like you know who's to say that ai won't just be helping like trucking companies you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. Just yeah. get, you know, have like more efficient routes, like, which, again, like, trucking is actually, you know, one of the leading causes of of um, fossil fuel emissions are trucks, like, like, yeah. big, like, that is massive in this country. Um, totally And so, again, making it just easier to pollute or whatnot, or easier to buy unnecessary bullshit. Let's, okay, there's a couple of, there's too much I want to talk about, but let's just talk about some of these, the names. The tech billionaires, the tech gurus, <laughs> Sam Altman of OpenAI and yeah. Mark Andreessen who's got this very obnoxious uh, ideology to go along with his embrace of AI, which is tech optimism. Maybe take them one by one. Sam Altman is of OpenAI. There was like a, he got ousted? There were people yeah. resigned? What the fuck happened? Is that any, anything to do? Should we care? Tell me about it.
3: Hmm. I don't know if you should care so much about Sam Altman being ousted and coming back. I would say one of the interesting things about that is that once he was ousted, because his board kind of, some people at the company went to the board and basically said, you know, we don't have confidence in them. And the board seemed to agree and ousted him. Now, Mm -hmm. there was very little kind of reporting or... or. Very little on what actually motivated these people to try to get or to ultimately get Sam Altman ousted in that moment. And a lot of people in the industry, but also in the tech media, kind of rallied around Sam Altman um, in that moment. And ultimately, he was restored like less than a week later or something like that. But there's been reporting that's come out since then that suggested that he had... Um, very aggressive and very bad management styles were treating people at the company very poorly, making decisions that people weren't agreeing with, you know, the kind of stuff that you would expect from someone like this. But that was kind of held in that initial moment when he was ousted and there was questions about whether he should go back in or not. That's he has, weird
0: that someone who was invested in working on like AI and <laughs> would disrespect human beings. Yeah. Just basically, and their own workers.
3: <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> Shocking.
0: Shocking. This he is has a guy... long. Uh huh. Yeah, sorry. No, no. I mean, from what you've written and what I read about him, he like wants everyone to have like an AI assistant. So he's like yeah. chomping at the bit to get rid of you know whomever from HR and just replace them all with uh, AI bots.
3: Totally. He's he's kind of like. Um, one of these accelerationists who he who, who will use the language of like, we should be scared of AI. It's a threat to us, but really he does want, you know, a, a big push to like roll this out as much as possible and as quickly as possible. And one of the things that OpenAI is open AI was technically set up as a nonprofit and it has been kind of working to get around those structures for a very long time. So it set off, set up a for-profit branch in 2018 that Sam Altman is the head of um, and basically, you know, what has come out of this kind of ouster is it looks like the kind of constraints that were on the company will, you know, be much more kind of thrown off now that Sam mm-hmm. Altman is back because he was fighting to try to escape from, you know, the limitations that a nonprofit status put on the company. Um, and yeah, we so we want he's the just tax very... write
0: offs, but we also want to make tons of money. How do we exactly. do th- We want to keep the word open in front of it because it sounds cool, um, yeah, but not actually like a open up trip. anything. so and then what about mark Andreessen, another guy like Mm -hmm. you just google this dude uh, his head bothers me like (laughs) like this i mean and i can say that because he's a billionaire and he'll see more money than i will ever see in my life so i can make fun of the way he looks um but other than his 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 dome annoying me (laughs) what the fuck who is this dude
3: yeah, I often say I'd like to see Humpty Dumpty have a great fall, you know, meaning yes. Mark Andreessen <laughs> yeah. and never get put back together again, you know. Um, <laughs> so so he's a he's a very influential venture capitalist in Silicon Valley who initially made his money, you know, on one of the early um, internet browsers. Was basically. it Netscape? Um,
0: That's crazy.
3: Yeah, it was Netscape Mosaic, like something okay. in that. Yeah, I, I'm not the okay. biggest expert on his earlier days. Isn't nah. But anyway, so um, so he makes all this money, you know, he kind of goes into venture capital. He's been a big pusher of things like we work. Um Also, the crypto boom, of course, he was a major advocate of that. You know, everyone should adopt cryptocurrencies. It's going to change the world. Um, And then as soon as the prices went down, he stopped talking about it and started talking about AI instead. So all the same stuff he says about AI today, he was kind of saying about crypto like two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, I think, illustrates a lot of what's going on in Silicon Valley right now, where you have these billionaires who for a long time were kind of held up as, you know, saving the world, saving the economy, like a different kind of capitalism, like, you know, the good rich people. And in the past few years, there's been a real turn on them where people are realizing, oh, they're just as shitty as any other rich billionaire, or any other corporate executive, and probably even worse, right? In the sense yes. that they have a, this degree of power that is really, I think, unparalleled for for a lot of companies because they do operate at this global scale. Yes. Um, and so you know, they have been adopting these really kind of right wing, far right ideologies increasingly. Um, And so his kind of techno optimism is basically saying, you know, we need to have faith that technology will build a better world. We need to give power to Silicon Valley to do that. Nobody should stand in our way. And the people who do, you know, are decelerationists that we should be kind of criticizing and, and trying to stop and all this kind of stuff. And he's explicitly kind of calling out Things like Nick Land's uh, Dark Enlightenment work, um, you know, the Italian futurists who were fascist supporters of Mussolini, uh, of uh, Benito Mussolini. Um, So very clear uh, connections to fascism in this kind of techno-optimistic manifesto. Thank you for um, naming Benito
0: Mussolini, not to be confused with Mario Mussolini, (laughs) who's a lovely, lovely guy. (laughs) Gardens, bakes, wonderful dude, actually. Um, That is... This, I hate all of this. Yeah. Paris. Like I was really depressed doing research for the show around Iowa and Trump again and Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. And then I started reading your writing. I was like, oh no. Oh, this
3: year? <laughs> yeah. It gets worse, yeah. <laughs>
0: this is really bad yeah because i think you're right the even worse not only but on 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 like a vibes level too because at least Mm -hmm. like wall street a-holes have the decency to admit they're just after money and they're trying to like short everybody and don't care if like poor people die whereas like silicon valley tech bros have a veneer of helping folks and again have things like tech optimism sam bankman's freed you know or sam bankman freed's altruistic, whatever, the capitalism,
3: all the- Effective like, altruism, Effective
0: yeah. altruism, like, like all this bullshit they have to layer on top of their just greed. Ugh.
3: Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, and there's also like the direct links between tech and what's going on like in US politics and in the Republican Party and in its move to the right, right? Peter Thiel, you know, Pal- Palantir, a major kind of funder in Silicon Valley, um, Was had direct links to uh, the Trump campaign, um, you know, was kind of funding it and also funded JD Vance and, you know, a number of other of these kind of right wing candidates. What we see right now is uh, a lot of tech money initially behind Ron DeSantis Um, is now moving over to Vivek Ramaswamy um, as, you know, the kind of person who they want to see, you know, kind of take on Trump or whatever. I would not be surprised if. You know, if if Trump kind of becomes the candidate, if they get behind him as well, um, Mm -hmm. that would not particularly surprise me. But you see a lot of these folks in tech um, adopting these really right wing politics. Elon Musk, of course, we've seen him go to the border, um, you know, to, to kind of sneer at, uh, migrants who are, who are crossing there. He is increasingly supporting really right-wing policies. You know, he's been associated with Jair Bolsonaro. He's congratulated, uh, Argentina's new president, um, Javier Milay and plans Mm -hmm. to visit there later this year. Um, so he is making a lot of links to like the global far right as well. Um, which I think is, you know, very concerning.
0: Oh yeah! Speaking of Elon, you, I mean, you've done—we've talked about Elon with you on the show before, but he has his new AI little app, yeah, which is Grok on X. <laughs> Tell me about Grok. What do you make of Grok?
3: I—I <laughs> well, don't well, think there's really <laughs> much to Grock say. Does Grok
0: know what a woman is? Does Grok answer <laughs> correctly? What is a woman?
3: I, I believe Grok thinks trans women are women, which was a real triggering moment for a lot of Elon oh, fans wow. uh, when they found this out. Yeah. Oh, oh Grok, what a sweet yeah. little baby angel, Grok. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> There, there was like there was like tweet threads where they were like, you just need to keep asking and like ask the prompt in the right way to make it say that trans women are mad or whatever. And it's like, what are you people up to? Like, um, but, you know, Grok is only available if you pay for Twitter premium or premium plus or whatever it's sure, called sure. now. So, um, I, so I don't think it's- 302 and people. Yeah. yeah. It, Premium it, plus it, executive, the man is a genius yeah. at gaming things.
0: Now boarding. Yeah. really
3: good. Yeah. I've I've heard rumors that it's basically just like a reskin of one of these other open source uh, kind of AI chatbots, potentially too. the Facebook one, um, but I haven't seen confirmation of that, um, but it would not surprise me. Just take this open source day, source thing, train it on Elon's tweets to try to figure out you know what kind of opinions you want it to spout yeah. and... Then give it to you know the the fans and the cult and let them pay for Twitter Premium in order to try it out.
0: Can I? I want to switch a pivot and before I let you go, uh, I want to talk about regulation a little bit. But I also want to talk mm-hmm. about like we talk about the money aspect, we talk about the labor aspect. I think it's very clear that this is a fuck you to workers everywhere and has mm-hmm. been for so long. You know, you talk yeah. about the gig economy and the the idea that robots were going to take over, and it's the same thing with. You know crypto and it's the same thing with ai and it's all just this as you say gold rush um but on a privacy level on a mm-hmm. like on a protecting me my data my family on this level like you've got now fucking grimes rolling out her grok which is like an ai doll yeah. that terrifies me like i think that's fucking terrifying like on just a Human, should we be doing this? Is this good for us level? Like, where are you at? Like, what? How does this? And are people like chilled enough by this? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And the fact that some really evil shit has come out of open AI and generated AI.
3: I don't think so. And, and like, it's not even the AI conversation really like there, there has already been findings that, uh, you know, maybe you saw a report a few weeks ago that if you put like the same word into, um, chat like, a a ton of times in a row, it would start kind of spitting out personal information and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, these these tools are trained on everything that's online, right? So it scraped right. all of our personal data and brought it in to train these chatbots. So all of that is in there. And like I said, it's just making copies of everything, right? Um, it, you know, Facebook in particular, like, you know, it's training its shit on Facebook, right? And what what is on Facebook? All of our stuff. Um Meanwhile, but I, I, think... I
0: can't run an ad that has the word election in it. I'm trying to push for yeah. this show. I, no, straight up, I can't put the word election. It's like, um, it looks like this is a political ad, and you cannot pay us to run. It. I'm like, bitch, you're mining everything about me. Like you sold my all of my information to some Russian oligarch. Like whatever. Like ah. anyway. Um,
3: yeah. But yeah, it's, it's wild. But I, I think like. I think that is just like the tip of the iceberg or like the latest kind of version of this, right? Because if you think about everything else, like they have been slowly like encroaching on our privacy and, you know, our personal lives and all this stuff for years. Yeah. You know, everything we own now has to be internet connected and like have a voice activation feature we need to be able to talk to our microwave and our refrigerator and apparently our toilet now as well and it's like why is any of this necessary why do you need the data from all this um and and i think that so much of this has just been normalized that it's like harder and harder to push back and like a very clear example of this to me um is you might remember 2013, 14, Google Glass, of course, it yes. was kind of ridiculed out of existence because the yes. people who wore it were considered glass holes. Now yes. these companies are trying to bring it back. You know, you have the, the snap spectacles and the the meta Ray-Ban glasses, and Apple has its new like VR headset sort of a thing. And like I I think there's a chance that we do stop it again, but I think that there's another part of me that's worried that. You know, our expectation of privacy has been so eroded over the past decade that we're okay with people walking around with cameras on their faces and constantly recording you now.
0: But that, hang on, that was a moment and I've been thinking about this a lot because we talk a lot of shit about bullies and bullying. Mm-hmm. But bullying has a role to play. Okay. Oh, People, absolutely. Like yeah. bullies are good when it comes to stopping robot <laughs> wars because those idiots, the glass holes, they were bullied out of existence. Hey, you fucking yeah. freak What are you doing? You filming me? Get a job, get a life. You know what I mean? You look like an idiot. People were
3: like ripping them off of people's faces. Yes. Like it was beautiful. Yeah.
0: Bullying works. That's how we are gonna stop. <laughs> if if some of these tech bros were bullied harder, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. That's how I feel. I, I mean, they could also agree. just be hugged by their parents. <laughs> 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 you agree. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Bullying up works, you know, bullying yeah. bully
0: up 100% bully up like totally, but it's true. The last time I saw Google glass, I was in shallow Alto. I am from there actually, sadly. God, it's so sad. God, don't even get me started. And I turn around. Did you read I saw Malcolm some of...
3: Harris's book about? No,
0: but I really and... want to get him on the show <laughs> and I'll read it. I promise. But, um, he uh no, no. there was one. like a kid who was like 13 and was like hey dad and i was like that's who wears google glass mm-hmm. is a child that makes yeah. sense <laughs> like everybody else <laughs> you're a grown-ass person um, it, it's
3: funny because if you watch like the ads that apple put out for like its vision pro like when it initially kind of introduced it back in june or whenever it was it was like a lot of it was like people sitting at home like wearing this headset on their face and like one of the um the like demos that they showed was like this guy this middle aged guy who was all alone sitting in like this dark room with the headset on his face looking at like memories he'd recorded That's of his kids cool. and I was like oh, oh so it's my just God. for like divorced dudes who like can't see their kids anymore but the have too much money like yeah <laughs> class. it's a yeah. sadness class. yeah <laughs> totally woof
0: that is yeah that is so that is so like. We think we're going to be those fat people in Wally who are just, like, entertained, <laughs> like, in our little chairs, you know? Like, you know those guys who are, like, zooming around? Oh, we're yeah. not. We're just going to be, like, sad divorced dads <laughs> looking at, like, the way we were and, like, yeah. watching well, people touch grass virtually.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're going to sit in a in a barren landscape with nothing yeah. in it looking yeah. through gla- goggles that like represent trees as like our last remaining drops of water are pumped over the server that allows the glasses to operate <laughs> it's
3: like man i think. love the metaverse yeah uh, yeah it's
1: so great it's so cool it's, the it's fucking, you should really get features. in now <laughs> There's so much TV to watch, man. <laughs>
3: Get in early, make sure you're buying up all that metaverse land. It's gonna you can
0: be watch every season. They got spring, they got fall, <laughs> they got summer, <laughs> they, they got know, winter. They it's could. insane.
3: Who um, needs to move to Mars when we're just going to turn this planet into like a barren wasteland? <laughs>
0: go to Mars. I can't wait for them to fucking go to Mars. Okay, final, <laughs> final, final Paris before uh we leave. Biden had this executive order about studying AI. Uh, Governor Newsom of California had next executive order like we're going to look at the risks, but also the benefits. Yeah. What yeah. do you <laughs> make of some of these executive orders? Are we getting out ahead of this? Is it, is it a good sign or what are your thoughts?
3: um like i I think any moment that the government is like seriously trying to be proactive on technology is good in some sense um i think that the problem is that a lot of these kind of discourses and their approach to ai has largely been captured and shaped by the ai industry right when biden and, and harris kind of had their meeting with the ai people it was largely like executives of big companies who control the ai systems instead of like Critics and researchers and people who actually, you know, can give you a bit of a different take on what yeah, these AI systems marks in might there mean Come on from. now, <laughs> yeah, invite me to the White House. I'll fly down from Canada for that one. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, but, but trial, yeah, so though.
0: like that's that is part of a healthy study, and it usually is totally. industry that leads it. But sorry, keep going.
3: No, but but like like I was saying earlier, like they the concerns that they would want us to believe are the issues are like is AI going to become so powerful that it can like control us or kill us? Or, you know, are we on the the verge of artificial general intelligence and the singularity and all this kind of stuff when like the real risks are, how is AI going to be implemented into like the systems and services that we rely on, right? How is it going to be deployed into the immigration system to determine who can get visas? How is it going to be rolled out in the welfare system to determine who has access to social support programs and things like that? Who, you know, who decides if it's going to get rolled out in healthcare to determine whether you have access to insurance or various procedures or things like that, right? I think these are the real risks. And those are the things that um, government is largely not focused on, especially when they're listening to the AI companies that don't want us to be thinking about that.
0: Yeah, the last thing I will say is, it is amazing that we've gone so far into, like you know, the technology void, and that, and and we've been listened to so much, especially when we are on hold with mm. any company, and they haven't heard although they say they're recording, they haven't heard a scream operator every time we're confronted with an automated machine, just operator zero, zero. Give me a human, 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 human. And like, that is the future. And imagine being, you just listen to all these calls and you're like, yeah, you know what? We need more. We need smarter automated people. No, you need a fucking human. Like, it's just so wild to me. Um, and, uh... there,
3: there was a story I think in N Plus One maybe it was um, mm-hmm. last year about someone who I think it was like during the pandemic and she had lost her job or whatever and was like looking for some work and went to stay at like her parents' cabin and became this like person who assisted the AI like customer service bots. Oh, so it was for this like real estate company and they would go on to this uh, – like she would be kind of watching the ai do the conversation and then when it hit something that where like it couldn't figure out what the answer was it would kind of shift to her and so like during the pandemic she was just having all these like trying to emulate this ai's voice having these conversations with these people basically like explaining to them that they couldn't afford this apartment or like all this kind of stuff because the ai couldn't do that piece of it it was it was really grim like that is
0: grim as shit Um on that line our note, um thank you so much, Paris, for being back. I think
3: of No, everybody. Ending on please, a high note, you know. <laughs> ending on a
0: high note, please listen um to Tech Won't Save Us. And then your blog is at disconnect.blog. Yep. Disconnect.blog. It's so good. Um and uh yeah, there you you can follow Paris. There's like a you can subscribe, support, and please come back and thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. Always happy to chat and come on the show.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, As long as it's a real person. Um, I'm good. River, we're so late, but we have one more quick, quick, quick segment, I promise. do it. We're going to save the Trump, what he wants to build. I'll do that on Friday. Um, But no, uh, Epstein list dropped, all right? It's hot off the presses. So there's some crazy names on there. There's some predictable names on there. I want to do some matchups with you and the audience. Who do you pardon? Who do you spare? This is Pardon Me. Okay, so I went through some of these on the bonus show on Friday. Um, Some surprising names here, but I have just a smattering, another smattering Mm -hmm. of, we talked extensively about Alan Dershowitz, um, who has a perfect sex life, not sure if you knew this, but perfect
1: sex life. Didn't Um, want to think about that, but Just a
0: (laughs) model sex life. um bruce willis leonardo dicaprio cameron diaz yeah. prince andrew bill clinton kate blanchett yeah stephen hawking Ooh. wow wow donald trump hey i've heard of that guy I mean, yeah michael jackson <laughs> david-, <laughs> david copperfield I mean, um so this is again just a few but i'm sure everybody knows these names um and look this shit this shit is crazy this shit is so so wild and it does feel like this is a snapshot of like 1998 or 2001 like who was famous it's like the mask just came out you know what i mean and cameron diaz was like the hottest thing and like you know Kate Blanchett, I think Kate Blanchett and Leonardo DiCaprio were in the movie The Aviator together. It was like that, you know? Oh, sure, yeah. I was I think that was like oh two or some shit like this. Anyway, um, but in just a like cold calculated matchup, yeah. Who are we sparing here? You can let's start with pick anyone and I'll I'll pick a matchup for you.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm gonna go with Miguel Cameron Diaz first. That that to me is the name that I'm just like, what? i mean who like why
0: where are we like what is and again we don't know that she was on the island this is not none of that this is just an associate there could have been again like financial advice
1: could this have just been an email is that what what we're finding out like it's she was on like an email this was like a cc
0: list yeah super embarrassing okay so cameron diaz and bruce willis
1: who Hmm. am i sparing
0: who are you sparing out of those two we got a match up again I feel like Armageddon just came out. Yeah. Bruce is having a little bit of a comeback. We didn't know he was a right
1: winger. Yeah. It's tough because I want to, I want to spare Bruce because of what he's going through, you know? Uh, But I feel like.
0: I don't know what he's going
1: through. Well, he's 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 got serious like health issues. Like he's got uh, some very serious form of dementia. Oh shit. um, That's really, really devastating. I'm not sure exactly what it is currently right now. Um, but maybe also probably, you might, might have had it then. I don't know. Um I mean, he
0: can always plead that. And also maybe you know, maybe you want to have a little dementia when your name gets, you know, dropped <laughs> yeah, on the Epstein list. Maybe
1: helpful at that moment. But I mean, I guess I'm I, I don't know. I don't want to play the sexism card and go with the woman just because like I assume she's more innocent. This is harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> that's the thing, is like I don't know. These are that's the other thing is like they're these are all rich and famous people, so they're all it's all really gnarly anyways, I guess we'll just go with Cameron Diaz.
0: okay. We're saving Cameron Diaz. All right. Okay. I, I agree with that, I think uh, and agree. this whole thing is gnarly. I think there's there's one thing to describe um famous rich people rubbing elbows with a sex trafficker. Yeah, um it's gnarly. <laughs> it's gnarly. It is super it's gnarly. Like
1: there's really no there's just out.
0: no ability also and and like meh, meh, still mystery surrounding, again his death. but um pr- okay, so, Cameron Diaz v. Kate Blanchett.
1: Ooh, uh, oof. Um.
0: Kate Blanchett, who was in a movie Tar, which you swear love. by, that yeah, you we, love.
1: we talked about it for a solid five minutes before the show. I, just because I love. It was someone, late because of that. Yeah, just because I love someone's work in, like their their talent or their work, doesn't mean. I necessarily love that person
0: i mean is it charlie's (laughs) angels level is what i'm trying to ask you know Uh,
1: yeah i mean that's the thing about tar like it's a masterpiece and charlie's angels is a masterpiece um (laughs) because i I'm, i'm 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 judging these things on different you know whatever uh, i don't know i i think i'm gonna just based on hot ones performances alone i'm gonna go with cameron diaz she's making it around <laughs> oh, shit two.
0: she's got a good hot ones performance okay okay i also did like her i, I do not like julia roberts but she, so she was my favorite in my best friend's wedding also very yeah. 97 2000 something about mary came out in tw- I 90 mean, 90- yeah,
1: okay dude she's crushing it you know crushing what I
0: mean? it cameron cameron might go all the way cameron she v- might we'll see cameron v leonardo dicaprio
1: i mean <laughs> <laughs> i i love me some leo and once upon a time in hollywood uh i love him in django and- him
0: in that just, just his- on, like the viral this where he's pointing at the camera that's my favorite
1: yeah For the uh, very good and then he's got the you know holding the little happy meal from django i mean it's all good but and he does have
0: good memes I mean I I love how that's how the kids know him oh the guy from the the like meme where he's in Django yeah
1: and also obviously his climate change work very powerful do I think he possibly used this person's services I don't know. <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna go with Cameron Diaz again. <laughs>
0: let's go. He's
1: let's soaring go. Into Cameron is three. soaring.
0: And and yeah, from his dating history, I'm pretty he, sure we can bet that Leo used some services. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, let's go with a harder matchup because I feel like these yeah. we might not get to all of these, but um definitely not. Cameron Diaz, Stephen
1: Hawking. I I thought you would go there earlier, you know, and I'm glad you didn't as a host because we got to ride the – I'm going to go with Stephen Hawking. Oh, wow. No clue. I mean, what? I don't understand how this one happened, you know? I mean,
0: honestly, like, theory of black holes. Yep charlie's angel like charlie's angels franchise I mean, they're pretty the mask performance me.
1: yeah i mean have you ever seen uh there's something about have you ever the seen vanilla sky she's the best part of vanilla sky is the thing i never saw it but i'm a sure she was i'm yeah. sure <laughs> there's but have you okay. ever seen the sweetest thing now that is a movie that Did many people it. have not seen and it is deserves that they swap watch? Is no. it like
0: a holiday thing? Because no. she's was... okay.
1: No, that because that's the holiday I think that you're thinking of. Oh, that
0: was kind of cute. I, I'm like Sweetest not gonna lie. Thing
1: is just a straight up sex romp, female centered sex romp with Ooh. Selma Blair and Christina Applegate. It is must watch Thomas immediately. Jane, <laughs> some other men, but Thomas Jane is the only one I remember. But it is like it is. I can't believe it was ever made. It's so wild. It's like. I, there should be more of that. And Cameron Diaz is incredible in it.
0: But you're still choosing Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Should I tell you the rumors of that of what he might have done? Okay,
1: then. All right. I choose Cameron Diaz. I changed my mind. Tell me the rumors.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You hear the, hear the rumor. The rumor is that he had an underage orgy. No. Um, on the island.
1: Oh, okay. I go back to, I recant and I go back to my Charlie's Angel. I go back to my sweetest thing, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I knew I should have let it ride. This is why I don't gamble because I (laughs) get scared.
0: I didn't give you explanations for the rest. It's just that I happen to know that about Stephen Hawking.
1: I didn't hear that. It's
0: alleged. It's alleged. People don't come after me. Stephen Hawking estate. Black holes. Don't come after me with everybody left. Cameron
1: Diaz is going to win. So that's the game for me. Okay. So better
0: than Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. I mean,
1: these are no brainers.
0: They cancel each other out. Truly like where let's make a constitutional amendment about being on Epstein's list. Can't hold office if you <laughs> yeah. were on Epstein's list. Yeah, um that
1: probably would be a good idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is mostly a Cameron Diaz uh, fan podcast. We're going to be reviewing yeah, yeah. every single Cameron Diaz movie, especially the sweetest thing. Which uh sounds like I need to watch alone. No, <laughs> it's
1: called it's called the Campod cast That's what our new one is called, the Campod. pod work, work,
0: no work, no work. The cat yeah, Campod Decast. I Campod like that.
1: Decast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Someone is laughing about that, and I love that person. Okay. So just exactly. want to say exactly. I love you, whoever's laughing at my Campod. And D-cat. someone
0: out there has definitely seen that movie and has it on DVD because <laughs> right. of course you do. Um. River Butcher, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, what are your specials and how can we watch and support them?
1: Oh yeah, so I have, my newest one is called Someone's Boyfriend. It's on Helium Comedy Club's YouTube. But if you just Google River Butcher, Someone's Boyfriend, you'll find it. Uh, And then I do have my Comedy Central Half Hour from 2021, uh, which is called A Different Kind of Dude, is on YouTube. I'm also gonna be in San Francisco uh, on the 10th 10th through the 13th at the Punchline, so come to that. And then I'll be uh, at Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis Uh, the 7th through the 10th, I believe, or the 11th, that weekend. So come to those shows. Uh, And then I'll be in Chicago at the Den on the 22nd of February. And the 23rd and the 24th, I'll be at Commonwealth Comedy in Dayton, Kentucky.
0: Oh, damn. You are traveling. (laughs)
1: Right. I'm traveling. Uh, And so come to those shows. The tickets are on my website, riverbutcher.com slash shows. Uh, Hit me up. Come on out. I would Hell love to yeah. see you
0: guys. Hell yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, River. Take good care. And thank you, everybody, for being here. Woo, what a doozy. We are starting these the year off with just long shows. And I'm, you know, it's fine, I guess. Paige hates me. I hate myself. Um, no, it's great. And I love you all. Um, thank you so much, Dick Topping, for becoming a new member on YouTube. Yes. Dick Topping. I I like dicks with top, but I'll stop. What it's probably You're pr- Richard Topping. Um, thank you so much for becoming a new member. Um, Davo Pruitt um, on Twitch. Biden witnessed the Romans expelling the Jews firsthand back when it happened. He's been set in his ways for two thousand years. You can't change him. He did. Um, sea fish on YouTube. Our tax dollars are funding a live stream Holocaust, and I'm trying to deal with that in therapy. Ugh, bro, I I mean. It, it. If a therapist ever tries to make this moment about you, tell him the fuck off. Because this is, there is a lot going on right now. It's like in 2020, if you were like, I don't know, I'm a little bit anxious. And the therapist is like, how is this about your family? You're like, it's not. It's about the world. Um. Suburban Housewife says, Nimrod Haley is a highborn Indian. She thinks slavery is normal. Ooh. Um. Les Watts says in Britain, we have a few Asian and black Tories in power who have res- been responsible for some rabidly racist and anti-Muslim rhetoric and legislation ever or for some of the most, I assume. Yeah, I mean, again, the model minority, which in this country uh, happens definitely with the Asian American community. It's sad. It's true. Um, you sort of get your accolades through anti-blackness and um, anti-poverty. Or, like, being against poor people, not actually fighting. You guys get what I'm saying. Um, Morbius Dragon, Trump and Robert E. Lee always sent letters to each other. Oh, yeah. Scented with perfume. Um, Robert, thank you so much for your super chat. Joe Biden's running in 2024 as though it were 1996 or, like, earlier. The Civil War was about slavery. Yay! (laughs) He did it! This is like me like applauding when my baby like eats food that I wanted her to eat. She eats her dinner. I have like a little puppet and I applaud. It's I do a lot. Oh, my God. That's like what I feel like we're all doing for Biden. Like, yay, said the bare minimum. How are we grateful for that? And yet I am somehow. Um, But Roland, always be polite to any AI system just in case. That's so fucking scary. Um, Let's see. Camus Nui should have negotiated just a little slavery, just a little slavery, a little, a slavery of the little people only. The little girls. We love the girls, don't we, folks? Yeah, that is truly what he would say. That is a Trump, a fake Trump quote, if you guys didn't know. Um, The singularity is what tech bros call their love life, says Dave Pruick. Okay, with the fire comments. Julio Dragon, thank you so much for this super sticker and progressive boomer. Thank you for being a member for five months on YouTube. Hey, Francesca, I love what you're doing here. You got your guests are the best. I agree. And DC Trevor, thank you so much for your super chat. That's super sweet. If you guys want to super chat, you can. You can also donate to the show TBR dash live on Venmo TBR live on cash app. Um, in fact, that reminds me, I do have when we, when we bring up the fart song, some folks. Um, Edward Barrett, thank you so much for being a member. Um, Sassy Sarasi says, bullying isn't working on Elon. It's true. Um, and uh, hey, I think there's a a raid from Twitch, from the surfs. Oh, hello. And with that, y'all, why don't we do this? Let's ride out with Lay Fart Song. <laughs> and we look at some of the twitch folks thank you to bilal khan for becoming a patron you are so loved and so amazing thank you so much jonathan cook i see you i appreciate you you're wonderful and thank you to squishmallow dragon for giving out a community sub for cheering 100 bits frank morning tree also for resubscribing 25 months strong hell yeah and thank you to everyone that makes this show possible to Pedro omek to maximilian inhoff to andy vasoy our editor i love you very very much all of you thank you so much for your support we have a great great show coming up next week also for this friday for the bonus bish um next week i believe y'all we have ryan Grimm and dave anthony of the dollop podcast oh i am very excited for that so um remember Fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, free Palestine, and don't just bitch about it, be about it.